Hello, podcast enthusiasts. It's Jim Jaquetta, co-founder and CTO of Vitovation. Thanks for tuning in. I've got an exclusive treat for you, my wireless experts checklist. Please text the word podcast to 949-755-8881 to grab it and open the door to some engaging conversations. Again, text the word podcast to 949-755-8881. I look forward to chatting with you and sharing valuable production and broadcast insights. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow to catch all future episodes. Your feedback is gold. Please leave a review and shape the future of this podcast. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jim Chiquetta, CTO and co-founder of Vitovation. Today, I'm very excited to have, have Addy Rosenberg uh, from Alvalinks on our webinar, and he's going to teach us about network observability or how we can observe what's happening in this cloud or black box of video transport. So take it away, Addy. Lay, lay some knowledge on us. Thank you. Let me thank you, Jim, for hosting me. Let me just share my screen. I'm going to try to do that. Let me know when the screen is available. We haven't started it yet. Are we okay? No, no. I, we see the 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 not the actual output. Just uh, now, it's black. I, I swear! I swear! We tested this a half hour ago. Do you see my name? I, I see it, it's it's uh, it's blanked out. Um, I would go in and out of sharing again. Adi, yes, yeah, that works because I saw it briefly, but then it went away. Yeah. Well, who's? No, I so, see it now. no, no. So, but it's it's the. Uh, I it's stopped not, sharing. It's, I'm going it's to not the it it's not the output of of the deck. Hold on one second. Let me start to do a share screen. I'm going to do PowerPoint, but share. We see it now. We see it, but it's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. launch it. Launch it. It's not in the, it's not showing us the presenter output. It's showing us the, you know what I'm saying? Do you have two screens? Yeah. That screen's not working. Maybe switch screens. Fine. This is that. No. 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 I'm kill the presenter mode. I have the presentation. So you know what? Let's do it like this. And let's. Oh no! Here, here, here! I, I got, I got a solution here. You see, you see the less graphics, but yeah, go ahead. Just once again, last trial. No. No. 
Jim, can you go ahead and share it? And then yeah, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember where I put it. All right, cool. Here it is. For the difficulties. Here, I I got it. So yeah, stop, are, stop. Are we in host stop. mode or we are in? Yeah, host stop, mode? stop, stop. Uh, sharing, Addy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes we cannot. Sorry, guys. Anything. It's a holiday, you know. We 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 started drinking the apple cider to uh, the spiked cider too early. So here so, we go. Here we go. I I got it. I got it. Here we go, Addy. Okay. Do you see it, Fallon? Yes, looks great. I see it. Yeah. So, um, it's the version without the um. It's fine. It doesn't have our. It's fine. Here we go. So can you go to the next? So thank you very much. I'm going. To, my name is Adi Rosenberg, and I'm going to talk about a new solution that we are providing. I'm coming from a company called Alvalinx. I'll give you a short bio of myself. I will. Talk. I'm a visionary and a technology leader with rich experience in developing state-of-the-art broadcast and network technologies in the field of broadcasts, video, and networking. I'm the author of eight patents uh, on live video delivery over public internet and adaptivity in video delivery. In 2018, I was uh, a recipient of the Technology and Engineering Emmy Award for my pioneering reliable transmission method of a live contribution and distribution TV links, me and then many other people with me. I'm actively promoting the secure and reliable delivery of IP networks worldwide. And I'm a contributor to the risk, uh, to the risk activity group uh, for the development of the reliable internet streaming transport protocol code RIST. But I also know all other protocols in the field, SRT, NDI, 2110, and even ZigZig. Next slide, please. Yeah, hold on one second. I found the, that was the older deck. I found the most recent one. Here we go. Okay. There we go. It's the same content. Beautiful. You see the next slide? I don't see any screenshot. Oh. oh, let me see. Let me stand by. Here we go. Third time's a charm. There we go. So, so let's talk about video over IP. It becoming a norm in the last six years, it becomes a norm as we have the spread of cloud, IP workflows coming, new protocols are coming, open source protocols like SRT, RIST, NDI are coming and the industry moves to IP-based workflows. We are moving away from the traditional way we used to do things using dedicated fiber, uh, MPLS towards internet and cloud workflows. I'm not saying they are bad. Actually, I'm saying those should do that and do a combination of those as you see fit for your services. Cloud production and remote editing is challenging for everybody. The delivery network is something that many people don't look at. They think it's there, it will provide everything. But in fact, it's becoming more and more problem prone than before. They think it's magic, it just always works. Exactly, like 
as I just need to bring call the service provider, the, the local service provider, and everything will work. I can consume Netflix, uh, Pro, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, and it will always work. It will never fail on me. So let's try to understand what is missing. Why is there a need for something here to make some logic or some sense in the, the issue? The problem is that more and more responsibilities are falling on the broadcast teams to master. Broadcast engineers that are trained in video production, taking the camera feed, taking the, the NFL game, suddenly need to understand things like ping, routing, cloud, CICD, gateways, redundancy, availabilities on VPCs, things that they did not learn. Jitter. Jitter is another one. Jitter. Right? Latency. Yeah. Exactly. Those are new things. Network availability. Um, these are things that pose a problem for them to learn, to, to master, and the technology is ever-changing all the time. Every year or two years, we have a new protocol, a new a new workflow that we need to master. We we were talking well, before before we started, uh, Addy. You know, I I had mentioned that I hear this all the time. Uh, a broadcast engineer who's who's proficient at IP would say, "I miss the days where I could trace an SDI cable from from the camera to the switcher, uh, to the router, to the production switcher." to to the transmission link uh to the microwave link there was a path you could could you, you could trace out it was easier to troubleshoot signal signal continuity uh it goes into an ip switch even in your own network it's it's a void it's a cloud it's a black box I, once it's packetized and it goes into my facility uh facility is one thing at least your, your it department has control over that once it hits the public internet or even a service provider, their managed cloud, their managed services, it's all a big unknown black box, right? And that's exactly you help us shed light into that black box. Exactly. So just think of it that you take your internet cable, plug it into the switch, and then it goes to the cloud. What is the route? How it goes through? Where does it where does it hit? But moreover. When I have a problem and it is outside my organization, whom do my whom do I call when it hits the cloud? What is the name of that IT manager of AWS, Azure? You call Jeff. Uh, you call Jeff Bezos. I, I, yeah. I got I got I got Jeff on on my uh, on my phone. So, in fact, what we see is that more and more network-related problems identification resolution are taking a lot of time and resources for many organizations. And we want to get rid of that. We want to save time. We want to be on top of that thing that we call the network. We, we can't allow it to stay like a beast, like that black box. We need to, be, we need to have more control. We, we need to have more visibility so we can prepare ourselves, get ready to be on top of problems so that if something is brewing or happening, there is a trend, I can react to that. I can I can activate redundancy. I can select maybe a different availability zone. I can select a different uh, circuit or service provider. But today, 
everything is done reactive. Something breaks down and then I make the decision. But while, while I'm making the decision, I have service problem. I have black frames. I have, I am suffering. They well, use our automobile as an example, right? You know, some people drive around and they don't think about car maintenance, uh, routine maintenance, rotating the tires, changing the oil until, until the, the, the red light comes on and there's a problem. Right, we want exactly. to prevent these problems, and then you pay a hefty uh, toll. We're fixing that because you burned out your motor now because exactly. you didn't change your oil. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> something simple that you could have done could have saved right. you a lot of dollars. So many people will ask, "Well, I have reliable delivery, like uh, you." Uh, I said that I'm uh, uh, working with the wrist. Why are there not enough? Why wrist, SRT, and the quick or even WebRTC are not enough. And the fact is that they are reactive to events. They basically react to packetons. They react to jitter. They react to reordering. They are trying to shield the receiver against any network artifact. But they are focusing on one single stream. They don't care about the other streams that might be running alongside with them. They are not seeing that maybe there is a brewing problem from IT backup or IT operations or somebody else using the same medium like them that causing them the problem that they need to face. They need to be vigilant and see what is going on so that they can react. They can go to their service provider, ask for better quality of service rules. They can ask for more bandwidth. They can talk with the IT people or maybe their own services to get more uh, peace of mind. The problem today is that they don't get that. They just have basic information about how many packets were sent, how many packets were received, how many packets may have been lost, how many packets were received, what caused the problem, what are the latency changes, jitter. Usually that information is missing. It, it, it happens too often and, and luckily you know, your wrist or the bonded cellular SST is re robust enough to, to, to overcome uh, momentary losses, but th there'll be a hit, uh, some uh, unexplained uh, hit, and, you know, nine times out of ten, it's it's some bottleneck uh, on the public internet, or it's not necessarily the first hop of the cellular link, it's the backhaul from the cell site to the sonic network and then the public internet. So, but you don't you don't know where this problem is happening. So it, it would be nice to know. It's like we took a hit and we don't know why. To know that yes, it was the internet ISP at the broadcast facility. No, it was the cellular provider. No, it was the cellular provider's sonnet link or their backhaul link, etc. You can dissect all of that. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Basically, you raise a very uh, critical point. You want to know to whom to call, whether it's the vendor, the service provider. As you have the information, it will pinpoint the problem faster and you can resolve the problem faster. You might not be able to fix it immediately, but pinpointing the, pro the problem is the first rule where I need to go and address it next time so that it will not repeat itself. Yes. Yeah, we, we were talking before we started that... Uh... Any form of correction, whether whether it's self-correction, you know, I, I need to improve something in myself. 
the first step is being aware of that you have a problem uh and that's yeah. personally and, and it applies to technology um um uh addy is a big a proponent of running tests before the event run tests while you're evaluating service providers and then continuously probe and test during the event and you can avoid uh uh serious problems uh on game day or or during your event exactly so let's hit the next button okay so the question is how do we identify network problems and how do we prevent them we need to get to the root cause of the problem to ensure that we tune our delivery solution and use the right network solution for our intended purpose if you have like a five megabit pipe, you will not try to push 20 megabit stream through it, right? Right. But this, and if the pipe has a uh, high latency, you will not try to push like a low, uh, low latency type of service across it. Yeah, a you constant bit rate, low latency or, or um, JPEG 2000 or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So IP networks, what you need to think about coming out of this presentation is that IP networks should be treated like an evolving entity that is cont constantly changing and evolving. Meaning that what you tested today might change tomorrow. What you, what you tested at uh, 9 a.m. might change at 11 a.m. You need to be on top of that. And of course, in two weeks time, that might change. And in six uh, months time, it will change. You need to be on top of that. Otherwise you're constantly reactive and that reactiveness will take time, materials, support fees, contractors, that will be a pain in your bottom line. Well, Local yeah, lo lost advertising dollars, lost revenue. Exactly. Uh, sponsors don't pay for TV shows or sporting events that are black or, or jittery or, or dropouts. And you might lose your next account because you right. uh, failed to deliver. So what is missing from what we do now? So with the traditional uh, workflows, broadcast solution will use multi-viewers to see how the data was encoding or encoded or received. We are using ETR290 compliance to see how the transport was delivered. We have a lot of monitoring. Those focus on content compression, transport pa packaging, and delivery issues after the fact. Okay. Slide the next uh, the next piece. Oh, you know something? Um, I forgot to do our little poll. So let me see here. We can. Um, uh, let's ask our audience. Have, have you ever experienced, uh, you know, regarding video over IP, have you ever seen an unexplained packet loss, a dropout, um, all the things Addy, Addy discussed, jitter, black screen, freezing, even minor things. Um, some, some of our, we were talking about a, a customer of mine that I actually spoke to yesterday, said that I use vendor A for my uh, video over IP transport. I never have a problem, never have a single problem. Um, 
maybe Addie's overconfidence is something to 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 consider. You, you know that that if you're overly confident and and you you um um think your 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 solution is infallible, that's the guy who needs to watch out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you see that, yeah. Every everyone says they've they've you know we're all in the same boat. You know we we know uh, an IP link is not not uh, not perfect. So, so sorry to interrupt you, uh, that, Addy, that's but a, that's, that's uh, we we made the poll. I wanted to use it. <laughs> Fallon made it for us. <laughs> I I can tell you that before going to the next uh, topic is that I'm in touch with tier one service provider providers using IPs. Uh, organization that I did not even imagine that might need my services because they run a very tight shift and they have their own, either their own circuits, uh, their own fibers. And in fact, they were the first ones to acknowledge, first one to acknowledge that they do have problems. They do suffer. They invest a lot of money and the manpower in order to make sure that things like that do not happen. And they do. So they need to be on top of that, and they are looking always looking for better ways to improve their operation. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so we, we were talking about that too. That you know, this is not just a tool for the the customer, the broadcaster, the sports league, the the service provider could have this tool as part of their arsenal to be proactive. So 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 they have control over how. The signal is routed. So if there is a congestion at their uh, pop or, or their their data center in Chicago at the moment, they can intelligently route around that to get to New York from LA, etc. Right. That is correct, and that brings me to the next segment. Basically, IT solutions today. No, no, the IT solutions today basically use commercial observability tools. Here is a small list like Thousand Eyes. Zabbix, SolarWinds NPM, Datadog NPM. Those tools are very used by broadcasters, service providers, circuit providers. But these tools focus on one thing, network availability, cloud resources, application users, how many users, and they do a limited sampling of the network. They do not focus on the video delivery. They cannot in their uh, current uh, current installation, detect transient events like jitter, packet loss, things that happen for the duration of 10 milliseconds, 100 milliseconds are not sampled because usually they will sample the network once a second or even more than that. Now, once you when you test the network once a second with a packet, an event that happens for the duration of 10 or 100 milliseconds will not be registered with that one packet, unless that event is prolonging for a long time, and this is a constant event of packet loss. Transient congestion events, transient latency changes, and I will show you that in a real environment, cannot and will not be detected by these solutions. So even so, the so, so the so the yeah. so the granularity of these tools is not fine enough to to capture those 5 10 15 20 millisecond events exactly just as an example to people that in the audience if i'm doing a ping test i would send a packet every uh, icmp packet every 1 second 
I can make it even faster. I can send it every 100 milliseconds. That means I am sending 10 packets every second. Imagine if I'm running, how many packets I'm not seeing, how many loss events I'm not feeling. I need to have better granularity. I need to have better accuracy. I need to have something which is at least one millisecond or, less, or below that to sample truly what is the latency changes on a packet by packet. What are the routing changes? What are the jittery impacts and so on? Next, we already addressed that the reliable delivery solution, I addressed that in the previous slide, GRIST, SRT, ZIGZI, and DI, they focus on the jitter recovery, but they have a narrow viewpoint. They focus on a stream-by-stream -stream basis. And that is a problem because they don't see who is causing the problem, the causation. They don't see what caused that packet loss and whether they recovered that or not. I am saying we need to be on top of that. So now let's talk about what we do and what is different. We, Alvalinx provide, Alvalinx Cloud Rider, which is the, uh, the name of our solution, provides a proactive network observability. That is a patent-pending technology. We basically run multiple tests between a source and destination, gathering more than 20 KPI tests in parallel, synchronized in time, so then now we can synchronize the events and see them on one single pane. So we can now see the correlation between events as they happen. Each test is focused on dedicated packet arrival, whether it is sent, arrived, and we can compare that on a packet by packet incoming or outgoing between source and destination. We, call, we take that metadata, process that, and send that to a cloud database timely cloud database for further analytics and visualization. In the future, we will add machine learning and AI to give tooltips and other capabilities that are still in the design. User can see real-time data and watch historical data, which is very important. I like previous solutions that you have an alarm and you look at what caused the alarm. Now we can see the trend. We can see that the latency has changed. Maybe the jitter is rising. Maybe the network is doing so many reroutes that those reroutes cause packet loss, latency changes. And I have some slides and then a real-time network to show you that in later on. You, you were telling me, Addy, uh, uh, actually when when uh, we, we first talked, uh, you, uh, me, and your CEO, uh, you showed me um, uh, live that a certain cloud provider does some sort of a resynchronization or a warm reboot or refresh of all their data centers every couple of hours. Now that works fine for traditional uh, enterprise, you know, data storage, email, web traffic, et cetera. But if you're streaming a video, which comes through the internet like a fire hose, e even if it's a uh, a couple of hundred millisecond little little hiccup, if that happens every two hours during a eight hour uh, live uh, sporting event, that's bad, right? So, so, so you might determine, I don't want to use that cloud provider for this type of workflow. It's, it's not meant for video over IP. That uh, is, that yeah. is 100% correct. What we found yeah. without going 
without mentioning naming names yeah yeah (laughs) uh what we found is that we had a customer that had he thought that he had multiple diverse paths with the cloud cloud provider and in fact those uh, diverse paths basically went through the same routing code that was causing it to change every few hours and create a blip of packet loss and reroute and latency change every few hours and that was basically basically the diversity that was the idea is that if one path is suffering, I can just jump. So in fact, all the paths suffered exactly the same problem at the same time, no diversity, and uh, they made different decisions accordingly. So now for the audience, I want you to remember the traditional workflow that you have when you're doing a sport event. Let's do left to right. We have a stadium, we have cameras in the field where they are with uh, cameramen or they are now self-powered uh, and they are remotely controlled. They will usually go locally to local encoders and we will watch, monitor locally the encoding quality. We will then push that to the cloud to a destination for delivery and we'll then want to monitor that delivery. We will put a multi-viewer, let's say, a tag as an example or any other uh, multi-viewer of your choice. And why do we do that? Because we want to see the delivery. We want to make sure that the delivery was okay. But in fact, what we are doing, we are checking whether the network was performing because we in fact know that the source was pre-tested and there was no problem, no alarm came from the source. So in fact, we are trying to guesstimate what the network does. So let's visualize that. So what do we want to be on top of? So let's do some graphics animation. So let's hit a button. So basically we'll start with, let's detect the paths. We think that we have a unicast path. And this is example for one of our customers that was streaming from Japan to Florida. He thought that he has two distinct diverse paths, but our test showed him that in fact they have a lot of two points that are joined together. Basically the path goes to two join, two uh, points that are appearing on both routes. And actually his routes are intertwined so that he has no diversity. After learning about this, he was able to change the, the service provider so that he had two diversity. Moreover, with our test, we also found out that the latency configuration that we had in his ARQ protocol was misconfigured and he had to put some more milliseconds in order to maintain a delivery. That hits another button. There, there, here's another story that popped into my head, uh, Addy. So uh, 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 a sports network, a, vend- uh, a customer of ours went and, and rented two different uh, circuits, uh, SLAs from two different vendors. And they found out after a failure that there was a commonality between those two circuits that they, uh, you know, know, there's there's nepotism. We're all sharing different data centers. Uh, You don't, you don't, and a lot of it, we, we have no control over it. And maybe even the service provider doesn't have control over some of these things. They just let it flow as it, as it may. So, so, this example, it was the same provider. You bought redundant circuits from the same provider. So je- my point is just because you got two different vendors 
you could still have this same problem, right, Addy? Exactly. And I was telling you that we we found something like that just today. Six different circuits that I will show you. Six different circuits. All six circuits, which are diverse geographically. Uh, one is in Europe. One is in uh, the US. We did not even think they have any commonality other than some sources. And in fact, we found that they had a singular point. That one point of one point on the that was going. I was and I will show you that as we will go in, to that point. In in any engineering product project, whether you're launching a rocket or or a television, you 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 cannot good engineering. You don't yeah. have a single point single of failure. Point of failure. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, we have to, we have correlation. We found exactly when we had the problem, we immediately could trace that and see that that specific point, that specific hop caused the problem at that specific time, which was mind-blowing. So going back to the workflow, so what we need to monitor, we want to monitor how the data leaves our organization, how that stadium. I want We want to focus on the streams. In this example, we have like 80 SRT streams in this uh, capture that we monitor leaving the source. Now we want to do the opposite on the other side. We want to check how the link, how the data, how the network behaves, and what are the pitfalls. So this is like a live chart I will show you many others that basically shows the behavior of the network. You, if one has a keen eye, you can see on top, you can see packet loss at the magnitude of 25%. You can see problems that arose from the network delivery. You need to be on top of that. You need to see what happened, what caused that. And we will see that in later slide, we will see things like that that explain that more in depth. Those are pretty long events of 25% packet loss on exactly. a circuit that you have an SLA that you paid for, you know. In, in, in this specific uh, circuit, this is an MPLS that the, the QoS was not set properly. Nobody knew that. And the customer in this case was suffering from black frames freezes, the broadcast people said constantly, the network is not working perfectly. But the IT people, they, they were clueless about it. And they said, we bought a circuit from a known uh, MPLS provider and we have an, a, the 5.9 SLA, so everything should be uh, in fact okay. Once we came over and installed our cloud rider um, source and destination, we immediately saw this problem. And then we issued a report a day after this, the circuit provider basically uh, admitted that they did not set the QoS properly for that service. And after a day, that circuit went from 25% packet loss to 0.2% packet loss, which is go. not the greatest, but still SRT can overcome that. SRT or, or anything with forward error correction or ARQ yeah. can overcome that. So, so it was an honest mistake. Something was not provisioned right. So, exactly. you know, the, these live events, there's always a setup and rehearsal. So, you know, Addy and I encourage any anyone doing a live uh, a transport over, over IP, public internet or something, uh, uh, MPLS or whatever, probe, this could have been discovered before the event to prevent dropouts during the event. So we could have, this could have been ironed out on, during rehearsal and setup instead of live 
uh, at the event. In this so, example, in this example, for instance, sorry for interrupting. In this example, the customer was unable to go to air, live to air, new, to launch new services for more than six weeks. Oh that means goodness. six weeks of time to money lost. Oh my goodness! Okay, oh my just goodness. imagine how much manpower and money lost, revenue lost and, because of that. And you know, we won't talk pricing on on a webinar, but your your services, it's 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 a service. It's not that expensive. Exactly. Um, you're you're paying. It's a fraction of the cost of what you're paying for this circuit. Why not have a tool to evaluate that circuit you're buying every week, every month? And before jumping to the slide, I would just tell you a, a testimony of a customer of ours. One of our customers, uh, with the tools that we have, he had to basically launch a service from the Far East to Europe. He basically installed our, we provided a Docker container, installed it one in his premises, one in the destination. And he was able to uh, pre-test the network instead of traveling from the Far East to Europe. And he wrote to us, guys, we saved more than $15,000 in travel expenses, sending two engineers, spending the week, finding out what is the problem. We did everything from our home. We understood the problem that justified paying for the system. It was far less expensive. Our uh, operation are now very happy because this has saved us some carbons because they are very uh, carbon-free, yes. carbon emission. Uh, save time, assessor. save time, money, carbon footprint. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So this is a testimony that we got. And and it, you know we're concentrating on on transport, but if you have a large facility or a multi-location facility uh, connected with your own private WAN, you need you really need this tool inside the facility as well, right? For troubleshooting. Correct. Right. Right. It's not so, just for for transmission. Correct. So let's so let's understand what we do. So we do many functions. So let's start with leak evaluation before going live. We have an event. We want, we come a day before, or maybe a few hours before. Most most organizations come at least a day before. We want to evaluate the circuits that we have. Usually we will list the service. We are not in control. Even though we may we may been here two weeks before, somebody else was in between. Somebody else changed the configuration. We need to pre we have to validate and test everything. So we need to do the following function. We need to do path discovery. We need to understand what it, dynamic path changes might have happened since the last time we used the event. What are the packet loss of each route? And this means that we might have multiple routes. We The system is not tuned to one specific route. We will test all, we will discover and test all available routes so we can focus and see which is better, or maybe you will want to use bonding. We will want to discover service provider discovery. Are we using the right service provider? Yeah or nay? We want to test path RTT, path latency, path jitter. We want to discover the path ops that are truly diverse, yeah or nay. Many people do that by pushing up real encoders, but they just check whether the encoder hits the destination. 
they don't have the visibility about the network and how it behaves during that transmission. Now, sometimes we want to test the SLA. We want to do a step-by-step -step type of testing. So we want to test what is the impact of every step that we will take to discover the packet loss of each step. What is the jitter when we introduce a step? What is the RTT? Because sometimes the network is reacting. Now we show you an example where the network basically reacted to the changes and basically clamped the signal completely. And the customer didn't know about it. It was not aware of that uh, feature in the network that he had to go and read off. The, the, you, this is a good point. And I know from my uh, bonded cellular experience that, um, you know, a, bond, a cellular connection typically with 5G, it's improving. So more with 4G LTE, it's 40 to 60 milliseconds is a typical connection. But there'll be these unexplained spikes, 1200 milliseconds. Exactly. For, for, you know, but it only it only occurs for a split second. So you see these exactly. spikes now. If you're a bonded cellular provider like High Vision, we they they actually monitor latency first, then look at throughput second. So they're monitoring those huge spikes, and what they'll do is, if the latency spikes for for the moment that until it restores itself, they won't send any traffic on that path. They basically so, throttle the, the, yeah, the transmission. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. so bonded cellular had to figure out in order for bonded cellular to work. The industry, the bonded industry, had to figure this out. Uh, but if you don't have bonding capability, you got no way to to, to traverse that. So uh, uh, th this gives you visibility of that. Exactly. So you now 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 with high vision with uh, the AV West, this is contained within the the technology. So you don't have visibility to that. Now, what happens if you don't have the solution, or you want to have more visibility so you can better tune it? That is what we are bringing forward. So maybe you want to use SRT and have throttling because with SRT, you can configure it to do throttling. Same goes with wrist, same goes with Zigzi. There are ways to do that, and you, but you need to know the landscape. You need to understand what is going on. You need to understand the history, when it happens in reaction to what. So then you can fine tune your sender and receiver to overcome these problems so you have a fluid uh, service without interruption. Well, many customers yeah, many customers don't want to use a uh, variable bit rate. They, no, no, no. I have a five meg. I want my show to run at 10 megs. So they want to do constant bit rate at 10 megs. Now, doing that over cellular, yes, if you have a very good connection, we can get away with that. But if the, if the pipe collapses, below 10, I mean, it's 10 plus overhead. So you might, your transport stream may actually be 12 megs. If that, if the pipe collapses and can't support the 12 meg, you're going to lose frame. So you need the, the variable bit rate, but you know, as we all know, constant bit rate always looks better, right? If, if you can push it through. Exactly. So, so these are the things we can probe for test for. So here I'm giving you some slides from our, what we call a uh, stream test. And this is, examples. On the left, you can see a fixed bitrate that we run. And on the right is the step-by-step. -step. Now, one of the things that we added is that we added circuit breakers. One of the things that we are worried about uh, coming from the industry is that we don't want to cause any harm. So we need to have some circuit breakers so that if by any chance 
we hit a level of packet loss or latency that might harm other ser services, my services that they are running alongside with me, I don't want them to inject too much packet loss. So the circuit breakers are there to stop me midway so that I will not cause harm. I don't. I can't have a human in between to make the decision. I need a machine to, to run a circuit breaker to stop that test, that evaluation, when it happens, when in by any chance it might cause harm and something like that might cause harm if you're running services and you, don't, you are not aware. So this is important and it is in the technology. So, so, so let, yeah, let me see yeah. if I understand, Addy. So in the example, I have a 10 megabit per second stream going through my circuit. Alongside that, you're running a 1.1 megabit per second test stream. Is that, is that what you're doing? No. So let, let's let's do it like that. Uh, let's say I have a pipe, which is 40 megabits. Okay. And I'm running my service. With, I have uh, running two services. One is uh, 10 megabits. Another one is 10 megabits. Now I want to test the network and I want to introduce another 30 megabit stream, which by, if we do the math, 50 is more than the pipe capacity of 40. The idea is that if I'm into, if I'm not aware of the bandwidth, the available bandwidth, I'm I'm engineer that I'm I did not read the contract that I have in fact 40 megabits, and I'm pushing that 30, it will oversaturate the pipe and it will basically cause damage to the two services that are running. I need to stop that ASAP. I can't wait a minute or for a human to come by and stop me. I need to stop that. Even if I'm doing step-by-step, step, so I will start, let's say, by at one megabit, go to two megabit, but there will be a point that the introduction of more and more bandwidth will cause harm to the link. I have to stop before it causes harm to those two services that are running. I don't want to cause uh, any problem. Of course, if there are not ser no services running, I can do whatever I want. I can oversaturate. Right, right. Link. You're doing a test before the event, but while you're live, you don't want the testing probe to interfere with the live show and then back. So, so it's instantaneous. You, you see exactly. a bottleneck and you shut off for a split second, a fraction exactly. of a second. Yeah. Very cool. Now, usually when we're doing running our cloud rider technology on a continuous service, we usually will consume about one megabit. We will send about 100 packets, give or take, plus some more for pathway discovery, which is about 1.1 megabit in total. So that is like running over the headroom that you usually have and we're running back and forth to test the link. Uh, yeah. Ingress and egress. So let's see a real, next slide is from a real location, a real, this is from a real stadium that I will not name, but in this case, on the left, can you see my mouse? In this case, the, the customer had seven cameras installed he wanted to introduce the eighth camera. And every time he introduced the eighth camera, the entire circuit went down. There was a clamp that basically brought the entire service down anytime he introduced that eighth camera, which was about 20 megabits. So in fact, he had our agent there for testing the network. And we told him, let's do a let's try to do step by step. So he said, okay, let's do. Well, let's try to move 10 megabits. So that's what you see at, on the left side with the mouse. Basically, as soon as we started to 
increased the beat rate, suddenly the clamp came and you can see immediately the impact. Packet loss, error rate went to 25%. And when we tried to push further, it went to 50%. Look at the RTT jumping sky high from almost zero to 200 milli, to more than 200 milliseconds. Buffer emulation is a feature that we have that basically calculates, takes into account all the packet loss, latency, RTT, and, and basically gives the user a number that we believe if his buffer is set correctly, we'll be able to overcome packet loss. And here we are jumping from zero to almost 5,000 milliseconds in this case. So basically the system stopped itself. You see here a sharp dive in the test because the system stopped itself and said, we are causing harm. Basically the system has said that more than 25% shut it down. So then we said, let's do that gradually. Let's find where that limit comes. And we did the one, a, a two megabit by two megabit increase. And we found out that here, at eight megabit, there is a clamp, meaning that the system was rigged, the network, the, the router was rigged so that when they cross a certain boundary, it will clamp the network completely. My, my. That's, that sounds know, dangerous, you know. You, you, that's, you, you, uh, but you, it's it's normal because somebody said. You, you, you paid for that bandwidth, so they're giving, exactly. you, giving you extra headroom uh, that you didn't pay for. So, so you, you you need to manage that. So, is this the event here, Addy? I, I got the red pointer. Yeah. So this he, is the, he, here, this is the event happening right here. The eighth camera was added. You see the, it even almost go, yeah goes above fifty percent. Uh, RTT looks like uh, three hundred milliseconds buffering, and, and then your your analysis shut off. Is that what we see here? Yeah, that the, is the circuit breaker coming on. Circuit coming breaker in. hit, and then we backed yeah. off. And then here you're slowly probing again to try to we'll find that uh, limit. Here, maybe the the customer turned the eighth camera on again. That's why we see this big spike here. Yeah. Okay. And then here That's, you're probing. You're probing. Exactly. Very cool. Very cool. Basically, this is a real testament of what is happening. You, uh, you need to be aware. People come to an event, they are not in control of the circuits, even though they own, the, sometimes they even own the circuits, but they don't know who was there before. You need to test. People know, production teams know that they need to test, but they don't have the adequate tools to do that. So let's go for the next uh, slide. So continuous path exploration, what we need to do is that when we, when we deploy an Arvalinks agent, it will start to do path, discover the path. It will look for all the available options to reach from point A to point B. All the available mediums, whether it's LAN, one satellite, satellite, whatever it is available, we will try to discover that and continuously try to discover that. People might know trace route. This is like running trace route, but on steroids. Now, the problem with trace route is that trace route is based on ICMP ping. And ping, when running ping over a network, it will propagate on a different way than a video stream will. So we need to do something which is basically using UDP session based. We basically listen to the video session and try to run as if we were 
in fact, a video packet running on the same session, trying uh -huh. to detect the hops that the video might take. Now, what that gives us is that when the network is going over load balancers cloud, we now can discover NAT devices, load balancers, and any and, and continuous changing of the network. One thing that we were able to establish and find is that once we're talking with cloud, the cloud ever changing all the time. It's very diverse. So, uh, but the same can be true on data centers data when you have DGP changes and so on. So you mimic your test payload or your test stream mimics uh, a video stream by being UDP, just like a, a, a video transport. Not only, not only UDP, but UDP using the same session parameters as your video stream, but without uh, confusing the receiver. Gotcha. You, you have your okay. test payload, not your video payload. Exactly. So what we do is that we provide at the end of the day, rich UI with correlated time-based charts uh, for doing events, zoom in and out. You can also do, you can see real-time data, historical data. We focus on what matters for video delivery. What are the problems that you need to be aware of? Now, we don't talk in a, a video lingo. We try to talk in IT lingo because at the end of the day, IT problems will be solved by the IT people, the IT teams, and the service providers and the cloud providers. They understand IT talk, but we need to give them the information, accurate information so that they will understand. We can't tell them we have black frames. They don't understand what is a black frame, what is cause from, what is the causation. We, need, we need to talk about in TTL, RTT, hops the same lingo that an IT team uh, member will understand because that is was, uh, how he was trained to. This is an example that I showed before about that diverse path that we discovered. The system running discovered multiple paths and that they were using exact two points. And you can see the difference between the top and the bottom. You can see that they look different, meaning that the path from Japan to Florida is not exactly the same as the path back. This is another thing that I will show you later on. Well, yeah, most providers have a return video of some sort, program video going back to the event, teleprompter going back. And and uh, um, I, I, I we were talking about this before we started. I think in, in our mind, we visualize a straight line. It, it goes very cleanly. Uh, Japan, you know, a data center in Honolulu hits California, it's Texas and goes to Atlanta. Uh, it's not a straight line. It's not a, a cohesion, even on a managed circuit, right? You think, well, I have a managed connection. Uh, the public internet, I would expect this, not a managed connection. I will give you a crazy example. I was talking in, it was at NAB this year, NAB Vegas this year. And I was showing the system to a customer, to a potential customer. And we had that flight line, okay, which was like uh, 22 hops, which is standard, which is okay. Suddenly the system, which is ever running, it's continuously running, bringing information, updating. Suddenly the screen goes black, meaning that suddenly we see 200 hops. 
we see crazy, uh, crazy scenario. We call, we call it an elephant trap. It's like a mesh of points for five minutes. And I'm starting, oh my God, there's a software bug. Something that can't be. No way. It's not, it's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. You, you thought the tool had a bug. It's the not tool possible. Has a bug. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, okay. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> we we do we did draw the information for somewhere, right? It, it we can't just push bogus information. 45 minutes later, I'm getting an email from my data center saying to me, Oh, we had a network problem that caused us to go to different location and that uh, slowed down your connection. I said, I saw that. I literally saw that happening as in I was real, demonstrating. In real, real, in real time, time yeah. you saw it happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and, and it, it, it's, it's like you need to be a believer to see that. Sometimes you see problems that you say that it's unimaginable that I will have from 22 to jump to like 200 hops. That's unimaginable, but it did happen. In or, I, I wish or, I could have it in or even on a smaller scale. I'm expecting a circuit, a direct circuit from Paris to Atlanta, and instead it's going the other way around the globe with 22 hops. Yeah. So you 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 assume that the obvious is is that it's a simple simple connection. So let's jump next. So here is an example. For instance, we have here two paths. Same, basically going left to right, top, we see a straight line. The return has load balancers. You can see in green, there is a change, meaning that the path, the path will divert itself. And then it hits another load balancer, meaning that it goes from one service provider and jumps to another one, and they have another load balancer. And what does that mean? That means that whether you're a return path or maybe you're doing like an SRT, ZigZi, your message back about the problem will be stalled down. It will slow down. So you might need a bigger buffer to accommodate because the network is not uh, at, the, at the same this, uh, latency or, this, or uh, distance as you might think. Right. On the return leg, you know, I talked about the example of video coming on the return leg, but ARQ is coming back or the ARQ exactly. requests are, are going the opposite direction. And if the ARQ request is delayed, as you said, Addy, we got to increase our buffer. And, and it's uh, not only the ARQ, but let's say you have a remote control. Maybe you are running a right, remote NDI right. camera and you, need, and you need to control it with the... TCP, while we are measuring that in UDP, the TCP, any TCP circuit, and we can we can trace TCP. Or, or I'm shading the camera, and now there's a little bit of, this would cause a little bit of delay. I, my my camera control would stutter. You know, I'm moving left. It doesn't move exactly. left right away. Or I'm changing iris. So so, uh, uh, very cool, very cool. And And... While this is happening on the return leg, the outbound leg was fine. It's a different yes, path. It's, it's exactly. Uh, it's like it's a it's a different circuit. Exactly. So let's go to the next slide. So then we come to what we are doing, which is a continuous stream delivery performance. We are testing the link. It's not in the first in the previous slide. We talk about evaluating the link. We're going to a new location, bringing new service. 
but we also need to be on top of the circuit service as we are running on our 24 by seven operation. We need to be on top of packet or jitter variation, route changes, all the same problems. We need to be on top of that. But not only that, we need to be vigilant and detect any other IP flow that either we generate or somebody else is generating or using the line that we can detect that may cause problems. We had cases that IT did the backup and I had side deck that I just uh, showed that uh, a year back at the uh, NABIP showcase that we had a problem that was caused by an IT backup operation that consumes consumed more than 200 megabytes of my video traffic and that caused packet loss and latency changes. But then we may want to focus on our video. We want to monitor the video, how the video behaves. So we can then select specific flows and we want we can tell the software, we want you to focus on those for on those flows, either at the source or the destination or both. Please monitor them on a packet by packet basis. Now we don't touch, we don't touch the content. We don't do it yet tonight. We don't do uh, uh, video decoding. We look at the IP. We look how the IP behaves. In fact, one of the, our customers was use, is using a multicast workflow, and he wanted to make sure that his source multicast and the free destination look alike. So we did that exactly, and it was very surprised. We, we put a flow monitor on the source, and we were installed on the destination. We put a flow monitor on the destination, and we can compare and show him how the vid, how the flow, the multicast flow, from the source, how it is received on the other end, what is the differential, can trace the latency, the different uh, arrival time of the multicast. And in fact, what, is, what we found that was pleasant to see is that the original jitter that he was outputting his multicast was even lower at the receiver, meaning that the network uh, basically smoothed and improved his jitter performance as the, as the multicast uh, was received on the destination. So meaning that we can now focus on SRT streams. Everything has an IP, what we call in the industry, five tuple uh, characteristics that we can uh, trace and follow. Of course, we can generate alarms for the events. So we can then send emails, notification to third party tools, uh, put that on the web UI uh, and so on. Any question before we go forward? Uh, I think we're good. Okay. So let's see some examples. And uh, this is a very important example. This is a, this is a view of uh, real-time capture with historical data. In this case, the customer came to me and said, look, we had a major problem that we have an alarm that happened a few hours back and we need to see what happened to the network. Now we don't know what happened. We test, we run standard IT tools and we couldn't find the problem. So he said to me, he dialed me the, the exact hour. I went to our database. I dialed in the range to see what is happening. And here we could see that at 7.04.20, that was in the local time, the network has changed. You can see here the RTT and the buffer emulation, and there is also the latency that we don't see, has changed. And that change caused packet loss that was beyond the protection level that he had 
that caused ETR to 90 events to happen. But the network change also, the latency has changed completely on that network. Okay, meaning Again. that yep. that his buffer, in, he was using an SRT in this case, was inadequate to fulfill full blown packet recovery because he was trying to, to run a very low latency buffer and meaning that he, he basically failed. He tried to run uh, 200, like 120 millisecond buffer. And as the network changed, basically he started to hit, to get hits. And you can see here on the graph itself, you can see those small spike hitting that beyond the 100 level on the buffer emulation. Yep. Where right here, yeah. And then there's, once, yep, there, there's a hit once, right there. Exactly. It all kind of correlates. Yep. Exactly. Once they it. basically cross over the 120 millisecond, he got hits on his SRT. So we were able to correlate those events and basically tell him, look, all you need to do is increase your latency buffer. Are you, can you increase that from 120 to 200? And in fact, eventually even changed that to 700 milliseconds because we were able to find even bigger events that he didn't even uh, expect. But the idea is that this is the causation, this is the ability to, of the network to identify network-related problems. He constantly thought that the problem that he had was to do with the vendor and the SRT protocol. With with with, uh, with the bonded cellular products, we it is a little bit of trial and error. If we see uh, packet loss in in the payload, in the video and the audio, um, we increase the latency. And it, you know, it 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 it's kind of uh, you need a human being to do that. You know, to 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 we we can't run at, uh, yeah. You know, our modern products can go down to two hundred fifty millisecond. Uh, uh, buffering even over cellular, but that's pretty aggressive. You know, 5G yes. connections can handle that. So uh, it's kind of like trial and error. You need to test it. So this is a much more scientific way to, you you, uh, you can actually see that the buffer is full and, and figure out why and uh, make an educated decision on your, on the setup of your transport stream. Let's go to the next slide. This is another example, the same customer. I will issue a paper about that and we will circulate that. This is the, we had four diverse paths that we thought that are truly diverse path. Not only that we the customer use four different data centers and the circuit providers, but uh, Everything was designed for redundancy and redundancy and redundancy. So if there is an event, at least one link will survive and will not see the problem or it will be time, uh, time difference. But in fact, what we could see, and you can see the difference, this is exactly the same time. Actually, I had four of those, but I did, it did not fit uh, the slide deck. And you can see the difference. It's exactly the same event happening, causing problem exactly at the same time. Slightly different impact on every line, but it's happening exactly. At the it's same similar. Time. It's similar, but yet different. And these are three independent circuits. And is this the the connection that you found the commonality, the single point of failure? This is 
I cannot go into details, but there is ah, a you're under NDA. Okay, okay. That is, I am under NDA. There was a yeah, commonality sure. here that we could not basically. But the thing that I want you, the the audience, to see is that the ability to detect and correlate is. It's not only that you say, "Oh, I have a problem. I found a problem. I have maybe alarm here and alarm here." I need to have the tools and the evidence to see that. I need to see what has changed or what is correlate link A to link B to see what happened. Not just to say I had alarm on A or alarm on B. I need to see the difference. What if they are time synchronized? Then something is wrong in the setup. Now I have the tools and the means to go and figure out what do I need to do. Before the correlation, this specific customer worked for more than eight weeks to figure out what is going on. He didn't have that smoking gun. This is the smoking gun. And that event happened time after time. Look at the magnitude of the event. It is like more than 80% packet loss. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it was very frustrating. You, you have no visibility into this black hole. I'm doing everything right. I have four redundant circuits. This problem shouldn't be happening. And you were able to shed light, uh, uh, observe this exactly. in real time to shed light on the problem. Exactly. And how do you how do you basically get? Let's dive into the information. Let's dive into the graphs and understand how do we see that. In the middle, you see the RTT. You see there is a heat on the RTT, meaning that something slowed down that measurement of the RTT, meaning that the network has changed significantly, that the RTT gets a hit. So there's a deep depression in the RTT. You can see on the lower chart, you can see the Cloud Rider packet, which is the test stream that we are running. Basically, it shows that what it arrived is- It collapsed. It, it, it the collapsed. Pipe collapsed. The pipe something. collapsed. Exactly. In this case, the network ran through a DGP reconstruction, bandwidth reallocation, and that slowed down our stream that we were constantly pushing, even did that twice. And it also did that on the RTT, which is not un, not in our control, meaning that the network latency has changed. In this case, it's changed for the better because you see that it is lower, meaning that suddenly the network was faster. That it, uh, lower RTT means late the network is Yeah, it, it, se it seems counterintuitive, right? That, yeah, that if, but here if the circuit creates... collapsed, yeah, yeah. But it, but it also blocked many of the packets to go through. And that mm. is the problem. Okay. Mm. 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 So here we can correlate events. Very cool. Let's Very cool. For, let's go forward. Let's see if we have more. Yeah, stories. I think I think that's it. So so how how does uh uh how does Vitovation or uh, how does a customer deploy this? What are the the different uh, we discussed this i know the answer to this question but tell our audience how how do we deploy you mentioned a docker is, we is provide one. a docker, docker container that you basically can download from <laughs> docker.hub and then you will contact a gym to get a certificate that you then load the instruct basically you can download that from the web uh, you download that uh, once you have a valid license or agreement with gym uh, and Arvolinks. And you can install that. We then we in parallel deploy a cloud frontend and backend and data a database in the AWS environment 
So in the cloud, yeah. In the cloud, so you can have web UI to get that and you can run with it. Um, as I said, Docker container, if, you, if your devices do not support Docker containers, which many uh, old devices do not, you can put that on a Windows PC, run it on a virtual machine that can run an Ubuntu and then it's Docker uh, friendly. Or you can take a low cost NUC, Intel NUC, put a Ubuntu, it costs you zero dollars to install a Ubuntu NUC, and then you put a, a Docker container or we provide support to install that, connect that to a local switch, you are up and running. It's, so, it's, so the 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 Ubuntu physical machine or the Docker all communicate to a cloud instance of Avalink software, and that's where the the data is that stored. Happens. That's where where yeah the that's where the analysis happens. So a customer could have hundreds or thousands of these probes, as you call them, all streaming, all sending data to the cloud in real time. Exactly. Yeah, I I think this is something we 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 we've all needed. Um, does anyone have any questions? Um, I I know it's uh, the day before Thanksgiving. I I don't see any questions. So we we will I will um um probably won't happen till next week. But next week we'll we'll publish and transcribe this whole session. This is some really great information, Addy. Um, I'm hoping to book some. Uh, uh, discovery calls, some some uh, demo meetings with some of our customers. Uh, we haven't officially announced the Avalink solution other than this webinar, but uh, the customers I've talked to are like, "Oh man, I need this. I need this. I hope it's not too expensive." And it, <laughs> it, it it's really a, it's it's a great value, and I I think it's one of those necessary tools that we all need in our toolbox. Correct. Very good, very good. Do we want to do a live demo? Let's connect to a system. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, let me give you back uh, camera control. Uh, hold on. Let me stop. Stop my share. Now you should have share back. Sure, maybe it will work this time. Um, hold on. Okay, here it is. Let me know if you see the screen. Perfect. You see the screen? Yes. So this, yes. So just take the mouse here. So this is a system that we, this is demo system that we, we've been asked to run on three different cloud, public cloud environment. We have AWS, we have Google services, GCP, and we have Azure. We also have two data center location, one in France, one in Strasbourg, which is near the French uh, German border. And one is St. Louis, the gateway to the West. And let's <laughs> let's take just I mean, here. I'm checking. This is a live. I'm not. I'm not generating traffic. So in this case, I just let's look at St. Louis to uh, Azure. We can see on top that the network already has uh, a load balancer. The reason why the the lower connection has no port is because Azure obscures its make the path but we will still see what is happening. So let's jump in to the link and let's load the data. Oh, that's nice. So what we can see is that if you can see the data, we see that a constant error rate of almost 8% happening right now between St. Louis data center, 
running on cogent circuits to Azure. You can see that the hops are changing. You can see that the hops changing, let me just zoom in slightly so we can have better view. You can see the correlation between the hop changes and the RTT, meaning that every time the hop changed, the network rearranged itself, meaning that it will perform better or worse, meaning that the, the RTT and the latency will change for the better or worse with those changes so that that probably creates that high level of packet loss that we see, okay? We can see the latency here, the latency changes and spikes, meaning that this is below, you can see the constant average latency, but we can also see average changes, which are almost 100% uh, in magnitude than the standard latency, which once again, if we are jumping, that creates jitter, that creates packet loss that we will need to overcome. So if we are using, mm -hmm. if we were to use SRT, I would recommend to use a big buffer and multiple retransmissions as an example. Let's just check another one. Let's let's do AWS to AWS just for kicks. Okay, let's let's see AWS Virginia going to California. So so what you're doing there is you're just clicking on that segment, bam, now I'm looking at that negative. From the exactly. graphical high level, boom, I can go right in and see. Exactly. The system collects the data all the time and just going through the web UI, seeing real-time data. You might see that we will come here and the network will change because we discovered the new path. And look at this phenomenon. One agent is in North, in, uh, North Virginia, one is in North Carolina. Look at the difference in the number of hops, the make of the, uh, the top one is shorter than the reverse path. Look at that. Interesting, uh, interesting. Okay. And look and we at have, We have no control over that. AWS may not even have control over it. Correct, but we need to be aware of that because we, if you want to use such a circuit, we need to test it to be on top of that, so we will know. Set, set our buffering intelligently. And, exactly. And, and, and our. Without about mouthing, about mouthing anybody, today, if you want to do a stream to AWS circuits, whether it's SRT or ZigZig, you, you are on your own. You have no tools available to test, to know what to do. You just, you have rule of thumb rules. You need to be on top of that. You need to do, you need to make your service successful. In this case, for instance, our, our advice is that testing the network, you need to have a buffer, which is at least uh, just 300 milliseconds. So that- Right, you will not but you want a little headroom in case, you know, you don't want to set it exactly to 300. So maybe no. you want to set it 10%, 25% higher than that or 400. Exactly. Now, if you want to validate whether we are, we are bullshitting you or not, Remember the old fold error correction uh, technical yeah. recommendation that said right. for fold error correction to work, you need at least 120 milliseconds of buffer based mm -hmm. on uh, East Coast to West Coast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is that example, exact number. You can see that, 121. That is us testing the network and saying, saying that based on the network conditions, that is the buffer that you need to do. That is what we are saying that when there is no that much packet loss, but you definitely need to be on top of that because you have events that the network is 
jumping and you need to be more than that but that is just to show you yeah and then if you if you put your mouse right on that peak you get the exact number of what that exact latency exactly. is you you move exactly. your cursor to you know you it, can, it's it's uh you can move 239 yeah 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 you can you can do a full page you can watch it like this if you I'll get re really really fine resolution you can you can ext extract that as a csv as a pdf all the standard things that one, one might expect okay very cool let's 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 look at the just for the kicks I, i'm just having fun i don't know what this is a live system i could not prepare it so I'm just having fun. Let me see. Let me see my. Uh, uh, Look at the opposite. The the, the path back. It's actually better yeah, than yeah, the one yeah, going. Yeah. So the, basically, you need to be on top of things to validate your network. I'm just trying to find the, a curious link. Let's take uh, France to Google. Let's go from France to Google. Let's see that one. Oh, that is like crazy. This is like more. Oh, look at that! So one path is is a little, is clean, but then there's a there's a, a multi-hop path. Yeah, exactly. So you can see here spikes, spikes happening. I'm just playing. And and, and and we're we're not saying anything good or bad about Google no. or AWS. It's just telling you how to set your your parameters, your buffer size. Um, you 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 go in instead of guessing and changing that buffer depth uh, 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 by trial and error, we can do it intelligently. Exactly. This is not this is not a system. If one would want to connect from uh, France to Google, he will low. He will try to connect to the nearest Google availability zone. All I, I want to show is that look at this long distance. Look at the problem that you can see. That is why we are demonstrating that. So now I'm looking at Google to AWS. And once again, we see problems. We see buffer mm -hmm. emulation changing all the, all the things that you can discover. You can look at, in this case, we are looking yeah. one hour back. We can look at, let's say. But that, that circuit is usable if we increase the buffering, right? Exactly. Uh, or or if, if it's bad enough, then we can determine we don't want to use that. Exactly that, that provider or that that segment. So right now I'm trying. I'm giving you the way to look at six hours. Let's see what happened in the last six hours. How good it was, and so and immediately you can see. Well, the jitter has changed. Look at how the network changed during those six hours. We had some kind of a major event happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And that event was because the network has changed. You can see that definitely the jitter went from a high value to a lower value, meaning that the network between Google to Azure was optimized by somebody. It caused an event, but now different conditions can go bad, worse. We don't know. We need to be on top of that. Mm -hmm. That is the mm -hmm. message. And, and then, like you said, historically, so it's the day before the event, some rehearsal. We run your test 24 hours. And historically, we can see where the peak of the RTT hit, where the peak of the jitter hits, or where where the peak of the buffering occurred, and exactly. uh, then then we know. Okay, I mean it's not a crystal ball, right? It, you know, if the event is seven days from now, things could be drastically there. But we we 
we got a pretty good probability of of uh, a historical snapshot uh, of of how to set up our circuit. Exactly. Basically, people have the tendency to test once and hope for the best. So right. what I tested now might change. We need to be on top of that. If you tested the network now and it's at 18 milliseconds, it might change down to 100 milliseconds in an hour. If you don't, if we are not aware of that, you will fail. Your service will right. fail. That's what that, right. that's the message. You need to be on top of things because they are definitely yeah. changing. Here, here's the thing I thought of too. I, I'm a sports league, a production truck. And I'm I'm going to the same venues several times throughout the year. I can look at my historical data from last event last year and kind of make an intelligent decision of what's the worst I've seen in the last year, two years, whatever. If you have that length of historical data. And then if some anomaly does crop up, that data is stored for the next time so we can make sure it doesn't happen. Exactly. You can compare, very cool, very you, can, cool. you can make decisions, everything. And you can so, test. So I, I was telling Fallon, Fallon's in our marketing department. She she set up the webinar. It's like, Addy only has 14 slides. You know, it'll be about a half hour, 45 minutes. I swear it won't be a, one of Jim's usual 90-minute webinars. But I, I, I'm a geek for this stuff. But we, we could do this all day, Addy. But... Uh, uh, this is great stuff. Um, let me let me bring back up the. Um, if you could stop sharing, let me just bring up the. Uh, here, I, I can take it back. Let me bring up the, uh, the closing slide here. I need to drag you over here. So if any of you folks need to contact us, oh, it went to the beginning. Sorry about that. Let me. Let me do this differently. Sorry. My producing skills are a little off today. There we go. And let me share. Uh, I'm not seeing the right screen as an option. Well, so you contact Vitovation. You know, we've just uh, started our partnership with uh, uh, Addy and his team. Um, we're real excited. Um, I think this is a very important topic. Um, certainly reach out to me. There's my email address, our phone number. I can be reached at jimj at vitovation.com. You can call uh, 949-777-5435. Uh, or visit our website. Um, Addy, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Um, I definitely want to have you back again. Maybe we can do a deeper dive. I'm sure we'll be doing demos in the coming weeks. Uh, this is a real, real, real hot topic. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, everyone, have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you, Addy. Thank you, Fallon. Have a Eugene, good holiday. Thank you, Fallon. And have a great weekend with family yes. and friends. Likewise. Yes. Likewise. Good job, guys. Chat later. Thanks, Addy. Thanks, Fallon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Signing off.